get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. It's time for the Rutherford Report on 101 ESPN. Anything you folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey, here we go. Alongside Alex Ferrario and Tanner Hendrickson, I'm Brandon Kylie. Always happy to go out to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line to be joined by our friend, the Blues Insider for The Athletic. He's Jeremy Rutherford joining us here on the show. JR, appreciate the time as always, man. How you doing today? Anytime. I'm doing good. Uh, you know, usually I'm always listening to the show, but I, I like to listen uh, in the previous segment because you kind of tell everybody uh, what you're going to ask me, and that helps me uh, prepare a little bit. But I was, I was just in a room with Barkley the dog, the Blues dog down here, and BK, right when you said, and we're going to ask Jeremy, uh, Barkley started making some noise, that cute little thing. So I, uh, I missed the question there because uh, Barkley was in the room. So, so what do you got? So it's true. Every time uh, BK speaks, dogs bark. <laughs> it's, it is true. Today it was. Yeah, I'll take it. Uh, there, there's there's worse things to be said about me. There's worse things that have been yeah, said about say, me. You could have gone some different ways, Alex, and, and busted them. But uh, easy way out there. I'll, I'll take it. All right. So here's my question for you, Jr. We have yeah. officially arrived at the place where Jordan Cairo has 30 goals on the season. He had 27 last year. This is a new career high for him. He has 30 goals and 63 points through his first 63 games this season. Can you put that in context for us? What, how meaningful is this that Cairo was able to get to 30 goals this year as a 24-year-old? Yeah, I think it's, it's pretty remarkable. I think that once we saw him kind of start to show signs of that a couple years ago, and I'm not talking about you know last year's total, but uh, a couple years ago, I think you saw that this guy could be an every year 30-goal scorer and potentially a 40-goal scorer. And I still think he's got uh, definitely 40-goal potential in him when he becomes more consistent and uh, when he's able to kind of develop some of the skill that he already has and learns a little bit more about the league and the goalies and so on and so forth. So to me, this is a 40-goal scorer. This is a guy who can be a 90 or 100-point guy in the league. And for him to get to 30 in a year that's been tough, not only for the team, uh, but tough for him, I think personally says a lot. Because if, if you look at Jordan Cairo, if you're doing a report card, what kind of grade would you give him? I don't know that you'd give him a an A- minus or an A even, but yet here he's sitting at 30 goals. And on the season, uh, just looking at him compared to previous Blues players, JR, and you're, you're familiar with all these guys, uh, I mean, the only Blues players in the last 20 years, 30 years really, that had 30 goals, 60 points, both for their 25th birthday, Kairou this year, Tarasenko did it twice, and then Pavel Dimitra did it in 1999. That's it. In the last 30 years, guys that have done this at this age. Yeah. Offensively, I think we know what Jordan Cairo is at this point. He, he's incredibly gifted, and he's, like you said, got the potential to be a 40-plus goal scorer at some point in his career. What is his ceiling, though, as a like all-around player? What, what can that look like for him as he continues to progress? Well, I think it's definitely going to look better. Is it ever going to look Selkie, you know, Selkie trophy like Ryan O'Reilly? No, it's not going to. I I can probably tell you that in eight, ten years, if we're having this conversation, it's probably not going to look like that. But you go back to some of these top goal scorers of all time, and you mentioned a couple of them there. I mean, look at Vladimir Tarasenko. I I think eventually his defensive game got better, but we were also up until a couple weeks ago talking about, you know, him not having – 
the type of all-around game, getting back, necessarily being that type of guy. They're just guys, you talked to Brett Hull about this, if you can score goals, let them score goals. And, you know, now today, obviously the game's different. you got to be much stronger defensively. Back in the day, you just told Hull to show up, and he'd score two, and you'd win the game. But, you know, now you need guys like Jordan Kyrie to be a little more responsible. So I do think that it'll probably get a little better over the years, but I think uh, when Jordan Kyrie's career is all said and done we'll be talking about the goal scorer and could be the guy that uh, is on that list when you talk about the the Tarasenko's and the Demetra's and those guys the growth for him JR comes obviously from he and and Robert Thomas's play on the ice but it also comes from the coaching with Craig Berube and I asked Joey this on post game a couple of nights ago and I'm curious your thoughts because you wrote about this in your article a couple of articles ago saying that both Thomas and Cairo they respect Craig Berube do you feel like though that that Craig Berube's message can get lost moving forward with Cairo and Thomas well, you know, I think that uh, having talked to Craig Ruby about that a week or so ago in Arizona, like you touched on, he, you know, he admits that there's going to be times where they're on each other's nerves and he's trying to get one thing out of them. But he, the one thing that stuck out to me that he said, Alex, was I want them to come back to me and tell me if they see something or they don't like something or they want to try something a different way. He said, that's all becoming a good player and a good leader. So come to me with that stuff. And yeah, I think that we probably don't know about all the those types of conversations that go on behind closed doors. You just hear rumblings and rumors. Oh, he doesn't like this guy. He doesn't like this guy. Well, guess what? He's your coach, and he's about one of the few people in your life who actually tells you what you have to do. And you, you know, otherwise, you're on a pedestal. And and so you have to learn to accept that and learn that he's just trying to to sculpt you into the player. Look, I've been fortunate to do a lot of stories about Brett Hall and Brian Sutter, and I talked to Brian Sutter last year for a big piece about Brett, and they butted heads nonstop. But who is Brett Hall talking about when he goes to the podium to accept an award or have his number retired? He's talking about how Brian Sutter was one of the guys who turned his career around. So to me, it's part of coaching. It's part of professional sports. And if you're a player who turns and goes the other way and you're you're not willing to put up with it, I don't think you're going to have as good a career as you could have had. Jeremy Rutherford is our guest for another couple of minutes here on 101 ESP. And you can find his work over at The Athletic. You can follow him on Twitter at JP Rutherford. Uh, JR, I did want to ask you about it. Jakub Vrana and what we've seen from him so far in a Blues uniform. Is there anything about his game that has stood out to you thus far? Uh, just a little bit. I think the speed catches you. Uh, you watch this team the past couple of years. Yeah, you got Cairo, but otherwise uh, not a lot of guys where you, you, you see that burst. And so you're sitting up in the press box, you look down the ice, you see a guy take off, and wow, that's Vrana. Uh, the other thing is I think Craig Bruby touched on it the other day. Uh, Vrana's probably not going to be that one-timer guy or a guy who just likes to uh, whistle that shot, even on the power play. He just finds different shots, and he finds different spots on the ice, and it's a great shot. Uh, but maybe it's just not that one-timer that you're used to, like with a prawn or, or so on and so forth. But to me, you know, his his game, he, he comes to a new team. He's learning the system. Yeah, he's going to tell you it's, it's pretty similar and you get used to it. Uh, but I think that uh, as we get down the stretch here, if this team's starting to play better hockey, Verona can be a part of it. And then you get an offseason, you come to camp with these guys, and perhaps you get to see more of his attributes. But there's nothing that... I've seen in the last uh, week or so since he's been here where, you know, you're turned off by it or you think that he can't be a player on this team. Jer, speaking of playing better hockey, Pareko has been playing probably his (laughs) best of the season since back, I guess, that game before the trade deadline. We're going to talk about this a little bit later, but but I am I am curious your view on this. Do you think that the the partner for Pareko has been a problem this season? And can that be addressed in the offseason? I think that it's a fair question, and I've heard it a lot. 
And you sit here and you think about Scandella. He had Krug for a little bit. You got Letty for a little bit. You had uh, you had Mikula for a little bit. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say that Preco needed to make those guys better, like we talk about an Al McInnes and a Chris Pronger made their partners better. Uh, I do understand that for Pareko to be successful, he's got to have a guy who can play, and he's got to have a guy who can accent him a little bit. But I would not put Colton Pareko's inconsistencies this year on his partner. I don't care who his partner is. We know that he can play good hockey. We've seen him play good hockey. Granted, you can't play with Jay Bomeister your whole career, but he was phenomenal with him. But back a couple of years ago, there was just more awareness. There, there was more, never like physical, but he was always prepared for whatever was happening in front of him. And this year, regardless of the, the, the partner, we have not seen that same type of player. It has changed drastically for whatever reason. In the last couple of weeks, he's playing much better hockey much more aggressive in the play, engaged. Is that a situation where he's thinking about the trade deadline? He's thinking about, it. am I going to get that phone call from my agent that said Doug Armstrong's called and, and we're thinking about a trade? You know, you get to a point where the team calls you and says, we're not going to do that with you, and perhaps it frees you up a little bit. You get back to your game. I don't, I don't know that that's the sole reason why we're seeing better play out of him, but for whatever reason, he definitely looks more like that type of player here the last uh, seven or eight games. JR, we appreciate the time as always, man. We'll be looking forward to your coverage of Blues versus the Minnesota Wild tomorrow night. We'll talk with you again next week, my friend. Okay, and for the record, I did this uh, interview at the arena, not in a bathroom stall like Katie Wu. I, <laughs> so I uh, didn't do that to you guys, but uh, she's a she's a hoot, right? So no bathroom <laughs> hot takes from JR today, no, I, you're saying. <laughs> no bathroom hot takes, and Barkley is on the ice now, so... Uh, so, BK, uh, you can pitch to the next segment. There we go. That's, that's what I'm here for. JR, appreciate the time, man. Enjoy yourself at a morning skate. See you guys.